You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. Um, pastor was, uh, he asked me and he, they sent a text and I ignored it. Um, and <laughs> still they caught, it, uh, they caught me last night. Um, and I was, oh, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, Pastor, I don't know. And he's like, you don't have anything that the Lord has done for you like in, in this year? And I'm like, yeah, the thing is that it's so much that I don't know which one. And I know Catherine is referring to one, but I do not have permission to release that one yet. Um, so I was thinking and I was, Lord, what can I share that can, I can inspire the people from the church? I, last night I heard it and, and it said, um, Pastor Dan said that we need, um, he wanted to inspire us. And that's what I want to do. I said, because it's not my job to convince you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But I want to inspire you. And, and I was like, Lord, what? What do I say? And I, uh, he brought into remembrance a, a conversation I had with a coworker last, maybe two weeks ago. Um, and she looked at me out of the blue. Um, I work for, for the school district. And I went to ask for a question. Um, you know, I, I asked the question <clears throat> and, um, regarding the school calendar because we're planning to travel. And she looked at me, and she just said, man, you're so blessed. Just for me asking for just the school calendar, because I was going to travel, and I didn't want to have any conflict with the school calendar. She said, man, you're so blessed. And I looked at her, and I said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I praise God, because I am blessed. And it brought tears to my eyes, because I was, I I talked to her, and I said, um, the reason we're traveling is because we want to take our daughter to take her graduation pictures. She graduates in May, my baby girl. And we're, we're traveling because she asked to be, for the pictures to be at the beach, but not Corpus. And <laughs> we're from an island, so we know what a clean beach is. So <laughs> she's like, no, mom. So um, she said, she's like, oh, wow. I said, yes. Oh, so we're, we're, we're traveling, and, and they never asked for anything. My kids, they never ask for anything. And, and we're going to bless them with that. And she looked at me and she's like, wow, that's awesome. And I said, you know, um, it is a blessing because at that moment, I had a flashback of what it was whenever I moved here to the States. I came here from Puerto Rico in 07. I lived in, in Arlington with my mom for two years. And it was so different. And my life was not the way it is right now, I wasn't as close to the Lord as I am right now. And I remember every Tuesday, Alejandro and I would take the kids. Janice was, Alejandro was one, Janice was three. And we didn't have anything. Like, we lived with my mom. We didn't have anything. Alejandro was working. but And we would take the kids every Tuesday to a mall, Parks Mall in Arlington. And we would take them to see the people practicing ice skating. Because that for them was a show, but it was for free. <laughs> and for them, it was every Tuesday. And it was like, and after that, we would go to um, the Hot and Ready $5 pizza. 
And that was every week because that's all we could afford. But it was so, so meaningful for them. And I see myself now, 2021, and we are like, we're planning a trip to bless one of our children. And she looked at me and she's like, wow. And we were all crying in the office. We were all crying in the office because I said, you have to remember where you come from. Well, for those that do not know me, the Lord moved us here in 09. I didn't have anything either. But um, one thing I've been hearing since last night and even this morning and before I came to the service this morning, I already knew what, that I had to say this for you all and to you all. Um, uh, God moved us here with a purpose. And at the beginning, I didn't understand. It was just the four of us. I had two little kids. And we didn't have family. I didn't know anybody. But he brought us here. And the first place he brought us was to the church, to this church. And it wasn't the fact that it's the church. You know, it's not the building. He wanted for us to have a closer relationship with him. Um, he wanted for us to learn to trust him. And in this town, you better learn how to trust God. When your child has a 103 fever, and I had to call Diana Garza and ask her, where do I take him? I don't know. And she said, the closer is Kingsville. So you have to pray. And you become closer to God. And your time, your life is quiet and cool and chill. Not a fast-paced life like Alejandro and I had in Puerto Rico. We both worked. We both had, like, we were like 100 miles per hour, and we still were struggling. There was something missing. I can tell you today that Alejandro works, and Alejandro worked as soon as we moved here. And I was able to be at home, stay with my kids, raise my children. I didn't have the need to go to work. And... The only difference was my relationship with God. The moment I stepped foot here in this church, I started hearing the word differently. The word that we get here, guys, is good word. Good word. It's a word that people ask me, what church do you go to? And sometimes I say this, and it's funny, and to me it's funny, and for other people it's not that funny. But I say, you know, I go to a, to a church that teach me the word that I can use today. They don't teach me about Noah's Ark and how the animals went in. and Because, yeah, that's important. That's history. But that probably is not going to help me for tomorrow. It's not going to help me whenever I get out of here and go with my, to my house, to my children, to my husband. Uh, it is not easy to be a mama that I have to be running with my children because Alejandro works and his work is hard. And I have to trust the Lord that he's taking care of him. Because if I watch the news right now, it's, it's a mess out there. So, I, yeah, no, cut, cut the cord, people. <laughs> um, but God has been good. God has been faithful. And I'm telling you, the only thing that is different. Right now, today, I am working because I believe that we have to give from our overflowing. And I receive, and I receive, and I come, and I receive the word, and I need. I was like, what do I do with all that I have? So the Lord opened a door. How, the Lord, how did the Lord open a door? It was just favor. People say, you know, you need to know people. You need to, 
You need to have family members. Well, people, I don't have people. I don't have family members. I know God opened that door. And every week I see it whenever they ask me to do something extra, something that not everybody gets to do. My husband sees that favor in his job. But you know what it is? It's the favor of the Lord. Why? Because we've decided. We sing that song, Jesus, at the center of it all. It is a super nice song. But you have to put it into practice. You have to make decisions based on what God says. My daughter asked me the other day, Mom, how do I know that that's the college that God wants me to go? How do I know? And I, I to, it, it's, she's 18. In this world, you don't have 18-year-olds asking a parent, how do I know if that's the, the college that God wants me to go? And I looked at her and I said, mamas, you ask him and it will bring you peace. If that's the one, it will bring you peace. And I am extremely blessed to be part of this church. I am extremely blessed to have these pastors. I am extremely blessed that God brought me here, that I couldn't understand that at the beginning, but now I understand it 100%. I am humbled that he chose a group of here to go to Cuba. But you know what? I couldn't have done it if I didn't receive the word and I had, if I hadn't put God in the center of it all. So I encourage you people, family, friends, People online, get with God, give your time. This is like a recipe. The recipe for success in life, I love to bake. It's God and you. And God includes everything. This is not like the white of the egg and the yolk of the egg. No. God, everything. Give your time, your effort, your life, your decisions. Give everything. That's all of you and all of God. And mix it all together, and it will turn out to be complete success and peace in your life. So I encourage you, be part of this church or wherever you go, but step in. Step in, be in the helps ministry. Start cleaning the church. We're never too big to clean the church. Doesn't matter what position you are. You can come and clean the church. You can come and teach the babies, but get involved. The more you get involved, you sow a seed and you will reap it. This is seed time and harvest. And you will see your life prosper. Men, I love you guys. You'll be blessed. And we'll be around. <laughs> Thank you so much, Miss Yanis, for sharing that with us. And she's 100% right. You know, when we take delight in the Lord and just trust him, you know, we don't always know the plans, but if we just trust him, that's all we have to do is trust him, and everything just works out. So I hope you guys are ready to receive the word this evening, and I hope you guys are ready, ready, ready just to take it in and put yourself in that position. So let's get ready to experience life in a new way. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Yanis. And, you know, what we're doing, I really believe the Lord spoke to me about that this year. You know, we're really looking... You know, there's a lot of things I could share. We're not going to take time because we're here for one reason. And, and a bit, this is going to be a common thing. We're going to start with our leadership. But everyone is, has an opportunity. You know, we need to hear what God is doing. You know, if you always hear the same faces, same faces. But I have one, something, one thing I want to share before I hand this over to Pastor Annie. And, and this is really, 
I want you to grab on because I really prayed about the next few things I'm going to tell you, and it's, it's, it's to set up, you know, what she's going to bring and the anointing and the faith that you need and to understand how some of this works. Now, this is, I'm not going to try to explain that. But, you know, um, we've all experienced different situations where we believed or we prayed or we thought we did what we did to, uh, you know, I was talking my own life, mom, dad, whatever. But when we talk about healing, there's something that, that you know, I've been, like, chewing on, and, and I think that's where we sometimes get, we have to understand. Because, to, you know, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. Everybody say now. Now, now there's another series, probably, I think it's February, March, we're kind of looking at it now. It's really called the faith of now. Because, you know, there's a little thing, Dan, in your spirit that has just been bugging me for a few months. And I've said it for years. Believing. We're believing. Right, Pastor Andy? We're believing. But believing is in the future. And, and you see, and here's the thing. I don't I want to get weird and I want to take time. But, you know, time is really relative to a lot of things. And you, you could even say time is an illusion. You know, we need it for things. But we all live in one little area called now. That's it. And you've got to be careful because you could go, well, you know, my mama believed last year. And everybody prayed for her and she went to heaven. Wait a minute, so now you're telling me that, so you're not saying now is faith, you're saying past is faith. So now you got information from your past feeding the only place where you live, which is your present. You don't live anywhere else. Amen, Pastor. I know, that's good. Well, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll get healed. That's your future. You don't live there either. Now is faith. So what happened to Grandma and them? What happened to you? What you perceived could have gone differently. We all have those. It doesn't really matter. You need a miracle. There's an anointed people that God has called and has used verified ministries. We're not just that God uses them in this area. But my question to you, and I'm about to turn this over to you, Pastor Annie, is, is faith now for healing? Or are we going to base anything else on information from the past or expectation from your future? You are here. The miracle working power of God is here. But just like in the times of Jesus, not everyone got healed. Now, that's not a negative thing. In times of Jesus, I mean, you go, you go to, the, to the pool of Bethesda, he had to walk over people. But he only healed one person. And a little word, your faith. But you know what? That faith was in the now. And that's all I'm asking you because God loves you so much. And we want to leave this place with some miracles and signs and wonders. The book of Acts was built on a lot of things, but one of the things it was built was called Notable Miracles. That's a miracle that a community, as much as they dislike you or they don't agree with you, they just can't help but talk about what happened. Are you here? Come on. Y'all act like you're on jury duty tonight. Come on. You've got to get excited about it. Pastor Annie, get up here. Let's give her a, come on, y'all stand. Give her a big, God bless you. Hopefully it's warmed up for you. Love you, Pastor Annie. Is it light on? I doubt it. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. i got good news for everybody tonight. Number one. God loves you. Amen. And I'm Pastor Annie from New Jersey, but our church is in New York City, so you're gonna, I have an accent. Hallelujah. Amen? <laughs> so bear with my accent. But you all sit down. Sit down and get ready. Tonight, you are going to find out about the truth of God's Word and how God loves you and how Yahweh, God, I am that I am, His perfect will for you, for every single one of you, is for you to be healthy and whole, 
and to live a long and strong, productive, blessed, joyful life on this earth. That is his desire for you. And when I get done tonight, you will know without a shadow of a doubt, every doubt you may have had, every misconception you may have had will be gone. And I'm going to allude to what he said. Let me just say something. You don't know what was in the heart of your grandmother. So don't even pay attention to that. You don't know what was in the heart of a friend. You really, really don't know. And guess what? God's will is for you to be healthy and whole. God wants everyone healed. God wants everyone delivered. God wants every single person set free. And I'm going to go one step further, and I might step on some toes, but guess what? You don't even have to believe. You don't have to. I can believe for you because you're going to find out in the Word of God that not everybody believed the same way. And wherever my faith is, your faith may not be there, but I got faith enough for you and for me. Amen? Because guess what? People that were sinners, unsaved people during Jesus' ministry and the apostles were healed. Amen? So all I ask you to do tonight is to just sit back, hear the word of God, which is the word of truth, and I believe by the end of the service, when I lay hands on you, I am believing, because I can believe, for every one of you to be healed, delivered, and set free. All right, so I'm going to get started, and some of you may have have heard my healing uh, message before. I haven't been here in a long time, but you need to settle something forever. And if you've already settled it, maybe you've gone away from it, settle it again. Everything that is good comes from God. Everything that's good comes from God. Health, wholeness, blessings, prosperity, peace, joy, love, protection, security. If it's good, if it's really, really good, you better know it comes from God. So settle that once and for all. It says in James 1.17, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't love you one day and hate you the next. No. Everything good comes from God. Yahweh, I am that I am. He is the creator of life. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. His nature is love, mercy, and compassion. That's who he is. Amen? Now, you have to settle it once and for all. And he loves you with a love that never fails. Now, if you look in the book of Genesis, and you probably know, Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So we were created in the image and likeness of God. There's no sickness in God. There's no depression, oppression. There's no addictions. He wants us to be just like him. And that was his plan from the beginning of time. And if you look, 
to when Jesus prayed, Jesus said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in earth, in us as it is in heaven. Well, there you go. Oh, is it God's will for me to be healthy and whole? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no poverty, lack, sorrow. Everything there is good, good, good. So that's his will for you on this earth, heaven on earth, and for his children to be healthy and whole and blessed. All right. So once you settle that, you're on the right road. Now you have to settle. Everything bad comes from the devil. Everything that's bad. He is the deceiver. He is the liar. He steals. He tries to steal the word that's in you. Because once he can steal the words that, that's in you, then he can kill and destroy you. You see how it's, it's, it's worded that way? He comes to steal first the word in you. Then he can kill and destroy you. He is the father of lies, it says in the book of John, and there is no truth in him. So right now, you might be sitting here saying, oh, well, I'm never going to get well. Well, maybe my neighbor's going to get well, but I'm too far gone. Oh, God can't help me. Oh, God doesn't love me. Lies. He's the father of lies. It's exactly the opposite. God loves you, and you will be healed. You will be delivered, and you will be set free. Now, Target your enemy, the devil. His nature is to deceive, kill, destroy, harm, hurt in any way he can. But we got good news. We know who our enemy is. We target our enemy. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, little children, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I've overcome the world, Jesus said. And so can you. So you can overcome the devil. His works have already been brought to naught. You target your enemy, and you will succeed in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, the main purpose that Jesus, Yeshua, came to the earth was to destroy the works of the devil, and he did it. So the good news is he wants you well. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you delivered. Settle it once and for all. God is not your problem. He is your answer. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you some scriptures, and I'm going to teach you for a little while so that you don't just think it's my opinion. But God's will for you is health. And in 3 John, verse 2, he says, Beloved, I love you. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your soul, you know, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Get your mind, your will, and your emotions focused on the word of God, believing the word of God, and you will prosper in every area of your life. Amen? It says, you know, our minds need to be made new by the washing of the word. So right now, your brains are getting washed with the word of God, and that's where brainwashing came into play. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Think about it. Wash your brains with the word of God. Hallelujah. 
Then it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we are to cast down every vain imagination and every high thing that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Take into captivity, lock up every thought unto the obedience of Christ, which means the anointed one and his anointing. Oh, I'm too far gone. Oh, God doesn't love me. Oh, I'm, I'm so bad. I, I backslide all the time. God doesn't love me. Vain imaginations. God loves you, and he wants you well. That is his desire for you. Hallelujah. Then it says that God's word is medicine. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. My son, my child, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ears unto my sayings. Not the newspaper, not social media, not the internet, not the doctor report if it's a bad report, not the newspaper, not even well-meaning friends. He says, no, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let my words not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Your heart is your lev, your learning house. For they, the words of God, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. God's word is life and health to all your flesh. So right now, you're taking your medicine because the word of God is medicine to all your flesh. It's life and health. Then it says, keep your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues or the forces of life. Guard your heart. Guard what you see with those eyes. Guard what you hear and even guard what you say. For out of it flow who you're going to be. So guard it. Guard your heart. Then it says, keep from you perverse lips and a froward mouth. Keep it far from you. And you know what that means? That's a disobedient mouth. And those are lips that are contrary to what the word says. One minute you're saying, yes, Lord, I believe you. By your stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah, I'm healed. Then the next minute, oh, I've got an ache and pain. Oh, I'm not getting well. I'm not, I'm not getting better. That's a disobedient mouth. He says, keep that far from you. Hallelujah. Now, God and his word are one. This is not just another best-selling book, the best-selling book, forever and ever and ever on the best-sellers list. No. God and his word are one. If you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see God in action. Hallelujah. It says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was was God. Then it says in John 1.14, and the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God clothed himself in flesh. The word and God are one. They clothed themselves in flesh and became Yeshua. Jesus. And Yeshua means Yahweh saves. God in the flesh. So every time, every time you see Jesus going about, you see Yeshua 
going about doing good, you see God clothed in flesh and his perfect will being done. Amen? And you can't refute it. Hallelujah. Now, we already have health. Health belongs to us. We're supposed to be healthy all the days of our lives to live to be 120. Amen? But there's a thief out there that comes to steal what rightfully belongs to you and me. It says in John 10.10, the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I told you, steal is first because he tries to steal the truth out of you, tries to steal the word of God out of you because if he can get the word of God out of you, he can do the rest. Okay? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. Not just drag your feet, barely make it get by life, abundant life. Now, abundant in this scripture, in the Hebrew, is shifa. And shifa means a divine flow of abundance from the creator to the creation. So Jesus said, I have come to bring you shifa life, a divine flow from the creator, abundance from the creator in heaven to the, creator, to the creation down here on earth. And it's a divine flow. That's what... He wants for you and me. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't guard what's yours, if you let tradition rob you, steal from you, if you're not careful and you're careless, you will be robbed. Your health will be stolen from you. It's the same thing. And the Lord gave me this, oh, my gosh, I don't know, 20 years ago. This bracelet belongs to me. It's mine. It's been bought and paid for with a price. Pastor Dan bought it for me. Now, (laughs) hallelujah, if I'm careless, I don't guard what's mine. I don't protect what's mine. I get robbed of my bracelet. Does that mean because a thief took my bracelet, it's still not my bracelet? That's my bracelet. Same thing with your health. You don't guard what's yours. You let tradition rob you, religion rob you. Ignorance rob you, and I'll go one step further. You don't realize you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you don't take care of your temple. You don't eat right. You don't drink right. You don't sleep right. You put poison in your body. You're going to get stolen from. Devil's going to rob you of your health, which is rightfully yours. So know that health belongs to you and me. Guard, guard it, protect it. Don't let the thief Steal from you because he has no right. Amen? Now, a lot of religions and people that don't know very well say, oh, you know, sickness, you know, it's just a blessing in disguise. Excuse me, lie. That's a lie. Sickness is a curse. Sickness is a curse. It's not going to teach you anything. Just going to make you worse, unhappy, miserable, lose money, ruin your life. No, that's a lie. Sickness is a curse. But the good news is in Galatians 3.13, Christ, Jesus, the anointed one, has redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us. So you've been redeemed from the curse. Now, Adam and Eve were blessed in the Garden of Eden, 
and they had everything they could ever want. But God said, please don't eat. Listen to me, eat. He didn't say don't touch. He, said, he didn't say don't pick the flowers. He didn't say don't look at it. God said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told them, for if you do, and in the Hebrew it says, you shall surely die, die. Die twice. You'll die spiritually, you'll be separated from me, and you will die physically. Isn't it funny how the devil tempted Eve with food? Think about it. (laughs) A lot of you don't want to, but food. Hello? Watch what you eat. Watch what you eat. Sin came into the world because he said, do not eat of this. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What happened? Evil was let loose on the earth. The curse was let loose on the earth. And I have a whole message on nutrition and health, and that has a lot to do with it. But aside from that, once the curse was let loose, Jesus had to pay the price back for us to redeem us from every curse named and every curse not named. And I'm here to tell you, hereditary diseases are under the curse, and you've been redeemed. Oh, my mother had diabetes. Oh, my father had glaucoma. Oh, obesity runs in my family. You're redeemed. Oh, diabetes. You're redeemed from hereditary diseases. Don't accept it. Don't receive it. He paid the price for you. And guess what? If you're born again, it says all that old stuff has passed away. And behold, all has become new and all is of Yahweh. You have new DNA. You have the blood of Jesus running in your veins and your genetic coding has changed. Hallelujah. So believe that and receive that. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, even before Jesus came, even before God came in the flesh, God always wanted his children healthy and whole and blessed. That was his desire. And in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, it tells you. It sums it right up. It's the best health plan there ever is. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, and forget not all his benefits. Oh, you mean he has benefits? Oh, gee, the Lord has benefits? You better believe it. Who forgives all, not some, all your sins, past, present, and may there be very few in the future. Amen? Hallelujah. Who heals all thy diseases? All means all. Every. Cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's, high blood pressure, diabetes. I don't care what it is. HIV, all your diseases. Who redeems thy life from destruction? Destruction is tragedy. Destruction is addictions. Addictions to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to unhealthy eating, addiction to the internet, addictions from all destruction. He delivers you from hurricanes, chemical warfare, COVID-19. Amen? He redeems your life from all destruction. Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Crown in Hebrew is keter. 
He encircles you like you're in a bubble. Everywhere you go, you're crowned, you're covered in his loving kindness and his tender mercies. That's who God is. Hallelujah. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Good things that I'm going to put in, good food, eating right, drinking right, and the word of God, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen? That's the best anti-aging plan, anti-aging spa treatment, anti-aging, I don't know what, what you want to call it, you could ever have. The word of God. Amen? You put the word in, you put the word out, your youth is renewed like the eagles. And you may not understand, why would they say eagles? Eagles, as they get older, they shed feathers, and they get stronger and stronger, and they get more and more beautiful feathers. Their eyesight becomes keen, if it could even get better than it already is. Everything about the eagle, as they get older, gets better and better and better and better. Hallelujah. So he renews our youth, just like he does to the eagles, no matter how old they are. Glory to God. In John 10, 30, it says, I, Jesus is speaking, I and my Father are one. They can't be separated. Every time you saw Jesus heal, deliver, feed the thousands, set people free, raise the dead, you saw God, Yahweh Almighty, in action. Now, Jesus taught, Jesus preached, and Jesus healed. This is God's perfect will. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness. Not some, do you hear me? All manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people, that were taken with different diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. That covers every single thing you could ever imagine. Jesus never, never refused to heal anyone, and Jesus never, ever put sickness on anybody. Amen? Amen. He came to destroy the works of the devil, and that is exactly what he did. Now, all right, well, that's Jesus, Pastor Annie. Well, then Jesus gave the disciples authority. Now, you have to understand, even before he went to the cross, he hadn't died yet, he gave the disciples authority. His blood wasn't shed, he gave them authority. And he says in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 6, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. So now they have the power. Okay, so when I lay hands on you, God gave me the power. All right? A lot of times people say, oh, it's God. Yeah, it is, but he gave me the power. He gave them the power, and he gave them the authority. Amen? Glory to God. Over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6, and they departed and went throughout all the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Oh, well, Pastor Andy, you know, that's the disciples. You know, this is all passed away. No. Let's go to Luke 10, verse 1, and then we'll go to Luke 10, verse 9. 
After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Verse 9, and heal the sick that are therein and say unto the people, the kingdom of God has come nigh you. So he sent out another 70, and then then another 70, and you know it kept multiplying. 70, 70, 70, 100, 500, 1,000. Hey, guess what? I'm part of that 70 way back when that's been multiplied over and over and over and over again for thousands of years. So he's given, I know, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know that, you know, you'll, you'll find out as I go into the testimonies that the Lord has called me for gifts and miracles and healings. And, and, and I rightfully take my place and say, yes, sir, yes, I know. And I know, I know that I have this power because it's evident with signs that follow. And, and I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ or to say that God uses me. Hallelujah. And he's going to use me tonight. Hallelujah. Now, in Acts 5.12, it talks about the healing power in the hands of the apostles. Apostle is a sent one. So Acts 5.12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. I know that Pastor Dan and I and Pastor Calvin and his wife, we are in one accord and in agreement that everyone is going to be healed tonight. Then verses 14 through 16 says, and believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And those days are coming in New York City. They're probably coming here. And laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Then go to verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. Now, the multitude had believers, had pagans, had people that went to synagogue, had people that were circumcised and people that were not circumcised, Jews, believers in Jesus, people who may have never heard about Jesus, but they all came, and what happened? Everyone was healed. So whatever category you think you may fit in, you fit in. The multitudes were healed, every single one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love it. I love God. He's so good. Amen. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, the blood that was shed at Calvary, and by the word of our testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you some of my testimonies, how I was healed, what the Lord did for me, and how the Lord has used me over these 40-some-odd years. Glory to God. Mm. It says in Hosea 4.6, my people are perishing from a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is dangerous. What you don't know can and will harm you. Amen? But praise God, you're here tonight. And it says, you will know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth is going to set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, 
I get to share my testimony and tell you I was a Catholic, but I was not a traditional Catholic where, you know, we believe that the Pope was God or he's the only one who heard from God. And we didn't believe that if you, you went to the priest, he's like God and he's your connection to God. My mother said, no, 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 no. He's not your connection to God. Yeah, the priest is a good man, but you go to God. You have a problem, you made a mistake, tell God. You don't have to go to a priest. He's not God. God is God. We believed in miracles. We didn't know, we didn't know the Bible because we were told you don't learn the Bible, you're not taught the Bible. And my mother believed in miracles. My mother and my dad, both of them, would always say to me, just talk to Jesus. He's right there. All you have to do is talk to him, and he'll talk to you. So at a very young age, I would just talk to the Lord. And he talked back to me. So I never knew what it meant to be spirit-led, but that's how we lived in my house. We were led by the Spirit of God. Not until years later, when I got born again, did I hear that term. I'm like, wow, I've been led by the Holy Ghost my whole life. Because I would ask God, he would tell me, I would listen, I'd do it. Amen? Now, my mom, now you have to understand, I'm 63 years old. So my mom and my dad were believing for a baby. And they had, she had four miscarriages and and very bad situations each time. I believe her fifth miscarriage when she had it, and I know this is to be a fact, she had to go to the hospital. She almost died. They had to operate on her. It was a very horrible situation. And my great uncle was a gynecologist, and my great uncle operated on her. And when he got done, he talked to her the next day, and he said, Mickey, you can never have a child. Mickey, I took out 20 tumors in your body. You don't have a normal womb. Your body is not correct internally in your reproductive system. You can't do this. You almost died. She said, I don't care. No, I don't care. I'm praying. I'm going to believe God I'm having a baby. Talk about somebody. She didn't know Mark 11. She didn't know Mark 11. Speak to the mountain. It'll be removed. She didn't know any of this, but she believed God. And I was born a year later. Hallelujah. And... I have, a, I have a brother. We're 14 months apart. They had no fertility, infertility, laparoscopic. They had none of that back then. Amen? But God. But God. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so now I am maybe seven or eight months old. My mother decides and she tells me, you know, I was bringing you to this beautiful Italian shoemaker who made gorgeous shoes. And I wanted you, since you were starting to learn how to walk, to have beautiful shoes made. So we go to the shoemaker, and I'm a baby, and she says to the shoemaker, measure my daughter's foot, I want perfect shoes for her, blah, blah, blah. He says, lady, this baby does not need shoes. This baby needs a doctor. I was born with a deformed, clubbed foot. And my mother's like... What? She goes, he goes, I can't make a shoe for this baby. So my mother said she went home. She was very upset. She went to the doctor, who at the time was Dr. Pettival, and he said, oh, my goodness, you know, we need to operate on the baby. My mother goes, no way, you're not operating on my baby. She's, I think I was seven or eight months old. No, no, no. Well, they put a cast. I still have the cast. I should have brought it. The cast, like, is this big. It went from here to here. They put the cast on my foot. It did nothing, it did nothing for my foot. It just stunted the growth of my leg. They took it off. It didn't work. 
Then they said, oh, okay, we're going to put, we'll try to put bars on her feet and this and that. And, you know, years and years and years and years later, I remember saying to my dad, I go, Daddy, because my mom had gone to heaven when I was in my 30s. I said, Dad, what was mom thinking? I mean, you could see in the pictures, I'm bouncing around and one foot's all, and the other foot is doing this and this. You could see in pictures and in movies. She said, oh, don't worry about that foot. It's going to grow out. It's going to be normal. It's a woman of faith. She didn't even have the word of God, but she knew God. Amen? And obviously, I'm here today. If you look at me, I have two perfect feet. I mean, you know, perfect. (laughs) Perfect legs. Oh, hallelujah. Because my mother believed. Well, she takes me back to the shoemaker. And the shoemaker says, if I had not seen this baby's foot with my own two eyes, I would never believe you. But I'm here to tell you, God hears a mother's prayers in heaven. Amen? And I'm here to tell you, whoever you are, God hears a mother's prayers in heaven. Amen? Okay, now we're going to fast forward. Now I'm 21. I meet this guy. He asks me, did you ever hear of Jesus? I'm like, did I ever hear of Jesus? I go, yes. I talk to him all day long, every day. Really? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, my goodness. Would you like to go with me to a Bible study? I said, a Bible study? He goes, yeah, to really learn the word of God. I go, I would love it. I go to a Bible study. I find out now, back then, this is the way it was. They're telling me I'm not really a Christian. I'm like, are you kidding me? I love Jesus. I talk to Jesus. What? No, no, you have to pray. You know, you speak it out with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead and you shall be saved. I'm like, all right. You know, I felt like I was ganged up on. I said, all right, I'll do it. But I'll tell you, when I, after I did it and spoke it out, it's amazing because all of a sudden, I had a real hunger and a thirst for the word of God. You do change. Your spirit man changes. Even though I love God and love Jesus and talked every day, something happened. So now I'm born again. Hallelujah. And I wasn't going to a really good church. We were trying to find churches. You know, you're a baby Christian. You really don't know. You try to find a church. And I didn't know that it said in Mark 4.14 that the sower sows the word. And immediately... The devil comes to try. He tries to steal the word that's sown in your heart. Why? So he can get you defeated. Uh, At the time, I was a special ed teacher, and um, I was teaching emotionally disturbed, handicapped kids, blah, blah, blah. I developed ulcerative colitis. How? It was the devil. He's trying to steal my health. But I wasn't going to a good church. I didn't know that. Now, of course, I never blamed God. But I, I, I was in bad shape. Went to the doctor. I was, it was one of my uncles, Dr. Coppola. I was put on four Librex a day because when you have ulcerative colitis, which there is no known cure, you can look it up, you bleed constantly from your intestines, you have loose bowels all the time, you become anemic, you're exhausted, you, are, you have excruciating pain. And even though I'm little... My stomach was swollen. It was bad. But I never blamed God. So I'm on these four Librex a day. And this is going on for months and months and months. And at the same time, I lose my menstrual period. And it's not coming back. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. So I go to a specialist, a different specialist. And they're like, oh, we're going to help you. We're going to give you 
some uh, hormones. You're going to get your, your, next week you'll have your period. Nothing. Oh, the next week. Oh, now we're going to give you some injections. It's coming. You're going to get it. Injections, nothing. All right, now we're going to give you some medication. They gave me some medication, nothing. All right, now we're going to try injections again. Injections, nothing, nothing, nothing. This is going on for over a year. Ulcerative colitis, I lose my menstrual cycle. I, I called the doctor. I had to speak to, to this specialist, and he said to me, listen, Ann, we can't figure out what's wrong. We're going to have to do a biopsy of your uterus. Well, I heard that, and I'm like, what? I got hysterical. Ooh, I, I, I remember on the phone, I go, no, no, thank you, goodbye. I hang up, and I'm crying my eyes out. I, I was, um, I don't know, probably... 22, I guess at the time, 22 and a half, and I was hysterical. So I never blamed God. I knew God was not my problem. God didn't do this to me. I had sense enough to know that. Now, I wasn't going to a good church. I was going from church to church to try to find a church because you don't know what you're doing when you're a baby Christian. And I just want you to understand something. It's a matter of life and death where you go to church. Did you hear me? You're taught the uncompromising word of God here. It is very important that you stay here. Now, if you go to a different church and you just came here today because, you know, you want to be healed, I'm here to tell you, if your church doesn't believe healing, prosperity, blessings, uncompromisingly, then you're, you're walking a tightrope. Where you go to church is vitally important for the rest of your life. With that said, I, I advise you to come here and stay here and plug in. Now, I never blamed God. I was crying my eyes out. I was a wreck. Uh, at this time, I received this book called The Wonderful Name of Jesus by Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. I start reading this book, and I find out about the name of Jesus. I find out that Brother Hagan almost died of an incurable blood disease at the age of 17. I find out that Brother Hagen had a deformed heart, and he was totally healed from a deathbed, and that he had a healing ministry. I'm reading this book, and I am skyrocketing in my faith. Wouldn't you just know, isn't God just so wonderful? I come to find out that within two weeks, Brother Hagen was going to be having a healing service 20 minutes from where I lived. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is, and at the time I didn't know what it was, but it was a Moab, which means the divine appointment from God. I'm like, I'm going to go to that healing service, and I'm going to be healed. I'm going there, I'm going to be healed, and God's going to heal me through that man of God. So the day comes, we go to this healing service. We bring this little old lady with us, Betty. And I see police, fire trucks, ambulance, all around the Ori Denori Auditorium. And as we try to make our way to the auditorium, there's 400 at least in the crowd of people. I'm like, what? I'm new to all this. I'm like, what's going on here? I make my way to the door, one of the doors, and the man with, you know, he's got the fire equipment on. He goes, you can't get in there. It's, it's, you, you'll be breaking martial code. I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, we're packed. Not another person is allowed in there. I'm like, please, I have ulcerative colitis. I, have to, I need to be healed. No. Well, sorry, that's, I don't take no for an answer. I go to the next door. Please, 
you've got to let us in. I need healing in my body. He said, don't you, you and everybody else, I guess, out here in the crowd, no. I go to the next door. Please, 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 no, 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 no. You know, when the devil says no, 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 you better believe God is saying yes, 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 amen? I go to the last door. I go, listen, you've got to let me in and my friends. I, I need to be healed. He says, I don't know why I'm doing this. Go, get in. He lets the three of us in, locks the door behind us. I can't say that I heard an unbelievable message on healing because Brother Hagen was done. He was giving an altar call, and I was already saved, so that didn't have anything to do with me. And he was done with that. Then he gave another altar call, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I was saved for about a year, and I had heard of it. And I, you know, when you don't really know something, you don't really know if you need it or not. If you're not taught, you have no clue. <laughs> Amen? I, you know, yeah, I heard about it. Well, I, he said, you, you love God. I'll never forget it. He goes, you love God and you're a good Christian. And I'm not saying you're not a good Christian, but you don't have the infilling with the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in your heavenly prayer language. Who might that be? Well, hey, listen, I'm, I raise my hand, me, a lot of people. Little did I know, I'm a baby Christian, that I was going to be led in another room as he's going that away to lay hands on people. I'm going this away, away from Brother Hagen. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to be obedient. Get into the room. I ended up being the first one online. Who knows how, but it's got it. Part God, part me. Anyway, <laughs> and, I, and I immediately, the guy starts praying. It's Wyatt Brown. He starts praying, and I immediately, I'm like, whoa, I didn't come for this, but I'll take it. Hallelujah. I was so excited. Amen. So I say to him, sir, I'm so happy. Yes. I said, but I need healing in my body. He said, don't worry. I'll bring you to Brother Hagen. We leave. He has somebody else take over in the room. We leave, and he takes me through the back to the backstage where Brother Hagen is now laying hands on the last person. It happens to be Betty, who I had brought. And then I step just in the nick of time right next to Betty. Now, me being the baby Christian that I was, and going to Bible studies, you know, we always pray together, power of agreement, everybody touches and agrees. I, as Brother Hagen's laying hands on her, I lay hands on her with him. Because, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's biblical. Amen? So I lay hands, yes, yes, in the name of He goes, no, 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 don't do that. Power's totally leaving her and just going into you. Don't do that. I said, oh, okay, sorry, and I stood there. Why am I telling you this? I could have got offended. I could have got annoyed. I could have had my feelings hurt. No. I was wise enough to know. Even at my young age of 22 years old, he's smarter than me. He's anointed of God. He's the man of God that's been sent here to do this. He knows what he's doing. I didn't let it bother me. So I'm just encouraging you, if by chance when you come on the line and, you, and I tell you, shh, don't speak, or I tell you, put your hands down, or I might, who knows, whatever God tells me, just receive it. Amen? Because God knows. God knows what he's doing. So I waited nicely. I took the instruction because he knows. He laid hands on me. I went down under the power of God. I got up, and I'm here to tell you immediately, and when you have ulcerative colitis, you know it. Immediately, I was healed. 
immediately, and that's over 40 years ago. No more bleeding out of my rectum, no more loose bowels, no more pain, nothing. No extended stomach pain. I was totally healed, and I had the evidence of speaking in tongues my heavenly prayer language. I was like, oh, I was so full of joy. Went home rejoicing, threw the pills away, never had another pain, nothing. And ulcerative colitis, there is no cure. Now, you may say, oh, well, yeah, so God did that. Why didn't he give you your menstrual period? You know, let me just tell you something. Healing always comes. The anointing always does what it has to do. You do not know what's going on in your body. You don't know the chemical reactions. You don't know the enzymes. You don't know what has to take place for the evidence of you to see it in the natural realm. Amen? So when the anointing does what it has to do, the anointing never fails. So healing always comes. I woke up the next morning, no ulcerative colitis symptoms. And I was praising the Lord, and I woke up with my period. And I said, I got on my knees. I said, Jesus, I'll do anything, anything, anything for you. And I heard him, as if he was standing right next to me, say, Ann, I want you to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You'll have many testimonies to follow. I got up immediately, got dressed. My landlady was supposed to have back surgery. I went upstairs, told her what was going on, laid hands on her. She didn't need back surgery. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so I'm going to tell you some stories about that. But let's now go a year and a half later. I am at, just started going to really a good Rhema church. I'm still a baby, but I'm going to a Rhema church. I'm getting my master's degree, and I'm at a night class. And um, not, not at Rhema, but I was at this Rhema church. And I, I, I started feeling really bad. My right side of my body... I was like, what's going on? I could hardly lift my leg. I I knew I had a fever. It was bad. I go to visit my parents. I'm like, Mom, something's wrong. I don't feel good. I'm in so much pain. Mom, I could hardly work. She goes, no, 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 you're fine. I go, Mom, I'm telling you, I'm not right. You know, I'm quoting Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, but I, I was in a lot of pain. It was my right side, and in my head I'm thinking appendix. You know, you kind of put two and two together. My brother goes, no, you're fine. All you need is a good bowel movement. That's all you need is a good bowel movement. I said, Mom, I'm not constipated. You know, I'm Italian. And if you have a good bowel movement in an Italian household, everything's all right with the world. All right? Everything's fine. I'm like, Mom, I'm not constipated. You're fine, you're fine. But let me just tell you this. My mother was using the principles of the Word of God. Don't speak it out. My mother, at eight years old, had peritonitis. Ruptured appendix. Her appendix ruptured. Now, we're talking way back when, because my mother would be, what, 100 and what right now? 104? 100. Okay, 102. So we're talking way back when, when she was eight. They didn't know what they were doing back then. You know, doctors, thank God we have doctors because we need them. But her appendix ruptured. She was in the hospital for almost two months, and they had to pump the poison out of her body. And she's thinking in her mind, oh, no, I know those symptoms. Oh, no, 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 just go home, you'll be fine. So we didn't speak it out. I went home. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. 
chastisement of my peace was upon Jesus, and with his stripes, the whipping on his back, I am healed. I said it all night long, all night long, and I bound the devil. I mean, those are the two things I knew to do then. I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. I wasn't getting better. I was in bad shape. I wasn't in fear, but I needed help. So I called my friend up. I said, listen, you got to call my uncle. I have to go see him. He comes and gets me. My friend carries me to the car. I couldn't walk. We get in the car. He's quoting scriptures. He puts on a Hagen tape, takes me to my uncle. My uncle's waiting for me. And they do all these tests. Uh, I have 103 fever. My white blood count is sky high. I have a blood. They took x-rays. I have a blocked colon. My appendix, which you can't see your appendix in the, to the natural eye. You know, you have to be trained. On an x-ray, if you see your appendix, you're in big trouble. Well, mine was bursting and poison was seeping into my body. They said, emergency surgery. They call ahead to the hospital. Uh, they get the ambulance to come, and they're getting ready for me to go to Overlook Hospital in Summit, New Jersey. Now, on the way to the hospital in the ambulance, I have a talk with the Lord. Now, this is, this is me. I, was, I think I was probably 23 and a half, almost 24. I think I was 23. I go, Lord, I don't want to be cut open. I just don't want to. That's what I want. I know you've healed me before, and I know you'll do it again. Now, I had peace, total peace. I knew without a shadow of a doubt I was going to the hospital. I wasn't getting operated on. Now, that doesn't mean that God cannot heal you with an operation because he can and he will. You understand me? So understand that, but that's where I was. 23 years old, and I just, that's it. We get, to the ho- we get to the hospital. They're waiting for me. Okay, sign this paper. Sign this paper right here, you know, and then we'll, we'll proceed. I go, I can't sign that paper. They're like, you have to. I go, no, I don't want to be operated on. I'm in excruciating pain. They do x-rays. They show me. It's all the same. You Emergency surgery, you need an operation. This is serious. I'm like, no, no, I can't. They're like very upset. Talking to my uncle, who's a doctor, who's a, my uncle, who's the doctor there. She's not listening. They're trying to convince me. They do another set of tests. Comes back the same. Emergency surgery. Rupturing appendix. You have to do this. Now, at this time, my mom and my dad came. And I'll never forget, my mom leans over the stretcher. She says, honey, you know Jesus can heal with an operation. I go, mom, I know. I know it. I go, but I don't want one. I just don't want it. And she's like, oh, okay. She was so calm when I think about it. She just, you know, waited. They said, okay, that's it. I, I can see the surgeon to this day, all dressed, ready to go. You're going to sign this paper, little missy. We're going to do one more set of tests, and you're going to sign this paper. They do one more set of tests. They come back. They go, oh, my goodness. Your white blood count is perfect. Your appendix is back to normal. Your colon isn't blocked. You're... There's no poison in, in, in your body. It's, uh, oh, well, we don't know, but this is going to come back. So we're going to keep you here for two weeks. I'm like, okay. Now, did I jump off that stretcher and go, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm healed? No. I couldn't walk. So why am I telling you that? A lot of times you move by how you feel, okay? I wasn't moved by how I felt. I saw the x-rays. I knew I was healed, even though I was in so much pain. Okay, so now they're telling me I'm going to be in this hospital for two weeks. And what am I thinking? In pain, 
oh, Satan, oh, you're in so much trouble. I'm at this hospital. All the bad you've been doing, you're in trouble because I'm here. So they bring me upstairs. They wheel me upstairs to the ninth floor of Overlook Hospital. And I notice that uh, I have a roommate. She's not there. But I see as they wheel me to the, to the, to the side where the window was, I notice that she had a Bible and a dove uh, cover on her Bible. And me, the baby Christian I was, I'm going, oh, my goodness, she must be a powerful Christian. And they put me in my bed, and I'm under the covers. A few hours later, in comes this woman who I find out to be Maria. And she's hysterical crying, what am I going to do? I need a hysterectomy. Why, why, why? I'm hemorrhaging. Why? And she's hysterical crying. And she says to the nurse, I'm 34 years old. I don't want a hysterectomy. I want more children. She's hysterical. And the nurse is like, well, I can't help it. Sorry. So now I could have just literally pulled the covers over my head and said, Lord, not now. I've been through so much today. But I didn't feel that way. I never feel that way. I never feel that way if somebody needs healing. I never feel that way. Uh, You know, and sometimes God will say, Ann, I'll go, you're right, Lord, you're right. Of course, who needs help? So I said to her, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. I said, I saw you have a Bible on your nightstand. I'm born again. Are you? Yes, I'm born again. Do you speak in tongues? I said, yes. Oh, no, I know speaking tongues. She was Spanish. I know speaking tongues, and I need his me. Oh, you speak in tongues? I don't speak in tongues. And she's hysterical over this. So I said, listen. Find out her name is Maria. I go, listen, Maria. Jesus is the healer. I say a whole bunch of stuff. I say, if you can get over to me, I can't get to you. Get over to my bed. I'll lay hands on you. You will not need a hysterectomy. I go, and you will speak in tongues. Maria comes over to the bed, put my hands on it. She goes down under the power of God. And it's not slain in the spirits because slain means you're dead. So let's correct some things here. She went down under the power of God, came up going, I go, is that Spanish? She goes, no, hallelujah. I speak in tongues. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Maria spoke in tongues. And guess what? Went home the next day, totally healed. No hysterectomy. Hallelujah. Now, you have to understand, I was there for two weeks. I had a lot to do in two weeks. A few days later, I was able to get out of bed because I could walk now. I felt better. I went over to the empty bed, and I said, Jesus, send them. Just send them. Whoever you will, Lord, just send them. I'll do what you, you call me to do. I'll do it. Next day, they wheel in this cute little lady, white, white hair. Come to find out, her name is Agnes White. 79 years old, deteriorating, having all sorts of problems. Her arms get limp, her legs get limp, her eyesight comes and goes. Her, her son took her to the doctor. They found out she has brain cancer, advanced brain cancer. And she goes, you know, there's really nothing that they can do for me, so... They can't operate on me. I go, really, Agnes? They can't because if they do, I'll die. That's what they said. And, and I'm just deteriorating, so they just brought me to the hospital. So I said, Agnes, do you know Jesus? Simple. Yes, I know Jesus. My husband was a really good Presbyterian, and I'm a good Presbyterian. I said, oh, I don't even know what a Presbyterian is. <laughs> to this day, I don't even know what it is, Okay. 
But, but she knew Jesus. That's all that mattered to me. Amen? Oh, yes. I go, well, let me tell you about being born again. Did you ever hear of that? Oh, you know, my grandma, my granddaughter told me. She said, Grandma, did you ever hear about being born again? I'm like, what? Being born again? Being born again again? Being born anew? Being reborn? I don't know what she's talking about. That's so confusing. I said, Agnes, let me share with you. I got my Bible. I went on the, sat on the bed next to her, and she got saved, just like I had been saved. Spoke out the word. Just say it with your mouth. Believe in your heart. And I said, Agnes, Jesus is the healer. That cancer is invading your body, and it's trespassing. It has no right to be there. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority. And I'm going to lay my hands on you, and I explained it to her, and the cancer must go. I laid hands on her. I prayed over her. I told her about the power of agreement. When two or more come together in his name, there's power. And the Lord does what he said he would do in heaven on the earth. So we touch and agreed. And then we had our lunch. And then we had our dinner. And we had a wonderful, glorious time. We just kept from bed to bed talking about the Lord. Next day, the nurse came, and the nurse said, mm, you know, got to move her into a private room because she doesn't have long to live. And the doctors feel it's very important. She has a private room with her family. So I go, Agnes, you're healed. You have no cancer. You're healed. Amen. She leaves. She leaves. Next day, I get a knock on, on the door in my hospital room, and it's a, it's a man, and he goes, excuse me, sorry to bother you. I go, yes. He goes, are you Anne DeFiore? It's my maiden name. I go, yes. He goes, well, you don't know me, but I'm Agnes's son, and, and you know, my mother told me, you know, the talks you had and how you prayed for her, and I'm here to tell you that they did extensive tests on her all day yesterday and all day today, and they could find no cancer in her brain, or anywhere in her entire body. Please, will you come to our room? We are rejoicing. Everyone in my family wants to meet you. I go, oh, yes, I will. I got my Bible. I went over there. We had a hallelujah party. Amen? Everybody got saved. Glory to God. Now, you have to understand, in the hospital, I had to have all these different tests, and they wheel me from room to room, and a lot of people did not want prayer. But, you know, when people don't want prayer, you still can't be discouraged. You just go to the next person. You know, you're upset. Believe me, I remember I would go from room to room and someone, no, no, no. But just you keep on keeping on. Amen? So a few days later, I hear somebody in the hallway crying. Oh, isn't anybody going to help me? Doesn't anybody care about my husband? Dr. Yuckman, the dentist, he's paralyzed. He's a vegetable. He had a stroke. He's in a coma. Oh, my husband, Dr. Yuckman, doesn't anybody care? And I'm thinking, doesn't anybody care? I'm hearing her. So I, I peek out. She's going up and down the hall, and everyone's ignoring her. Well, that's not me. So I go out there, and I go, what's wrong? She goes, oh, you, do you know my husband? You know my husband, Dr. Yuckman. I said, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm not from here. Oh, he, he's a dentist, and, and he had a stroke, and he's paralyzed, and now he's in a coma, and they said he's a vegetable. What am I going to do? And I said, well, let me tell you, you're the chosen people. Yeshua HaMashiach, 
is the Savior. I said, let me just tell you, God loves you. You're the chosen people. I said, would you like me to get my Bible? I said, I can get my Bible and come to his room, and I could pray for him. She looks at me. She goes, aren't you so cute? She goes, okay, darling. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. Got my Bible, went in there. Sure enough, there's Dr. Yuckman. He has, a, he has a ventilator on. He's all wired up. He has a dead stare. Brain dead, paralyzed, gone. So I sit down next to him, and I hold his hand, and I start reading Isaiah 54, 4 and 5. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. Chastisement of your peace was upon him, Yeshua. I knew that back then. And by his stripes, the whipping on his back, you are healed. And I stayed there the whole day. I read Proverbs. I read Psalms. I held his hand all day long. Nothing. I hugged the lady, went back to my room. I'm here to tell you, three days later, Dr. Yuckman walked out of that hospital, raising his hand, saying, Praise be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise be the Lord. Praise be to the God. I can see him to this day walking out of the hospital with his hands raised. The doctor said he'd never speak, he'd never move, he'd never talk, he was brain dead. Dr. Yuckman, a Jewish man, totally healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah, 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 amen, glory to God. I was a special ed teacher, and I have to tell you, I had handicapped, emotionally disturbed, perceptually impaired kids. They used to fight over getting me to be the teacher. They would say, we don't care that she says praise the Lord in a public school. We don't care that she says hallelujah. I need her to be the teacher of my son because I need a miracle. So many parents. So I had kids getting out of wheelchairs, kids that couldn't speak. I had twins that were communication handicapped, Sharona and Rhonda, nine-year-olds, never spoke, nothing, zero, just sat in the classroom, play with toys, nothing. Within one month, both of those kids were reading, writing, and speaking by the power of God. Amen? And Sharona used to call me all the time, and even Pastor Dan spoke to her. Last year, Sharona found me, and I don't do Facebook, except my husband. She found me on Facebook, and she is on fire for God. She goes, I will never forget you. Praise the name of Jesus. Because of you, I'm healed, I'm whole, and I preach everywhere I go. We're talking 30, 40 years, right? Yeah. Hello? Hallelujah. Okay, now, we were invited to go to Alton, Illinois, to this convention, to preach and speak. I didn't want to go. I was like, I'd rather stay home. I just don't feel like it. You know, I'm, I'm honest. I'm like, Lord, I, I just want to stay home. We had a beautiful house. My daughter was almost two years old. And, of course, we brought Danielle everywhere we go. I just didn't feel like it. So the Lord said to me, Anne. One person gets saved. Would you go for one person? I'm like, Lord, I'm so wrong. I'm sorry. He goes, what if one, one, only one person? I'm not saying only one will get healed, but what if it was only one? Would you do it for one? I go, yes. Please, 
forgive me, of course. And I went. We went. We had a great convention. Pastor Dan preached. We're on television. la di da da Then I have a healing service. Uh, one girl had fever blisters. If you know what they are, they're horrible. Across her entire lip. Vanished during the healing service. Another girl, cross eyes. Made totally straight. Another woman came up and brought this little baby. She had this child in her arms. And I said to her, do you need healing in your body? <gasps> yes. Yes. I said, okay. Well, then let's just give the baby to the usher. I want to deal with you. Ooh. Every time I said that, she was falling on top of me. I kept saying, do you need healing in your body? Oh, yeah. I go, all right, wait a minute. Is it you or the baby? Finally, she lets me know it's the baby. He was 18 months old. He had a deformed club foot. I said, ha, oh, God hears a mother's prayers in heaven. Baby had never walked. I said, let me have the baby's foot. Took the little baby's foot. Started praying over the baby in the name of Jesus, the way I know what I do. I prayed and took authority. Now, I did not hurt the baby, but the baby started screaming. Why? A creative miracle was taking place. The bones, the joints, the ligaments, the muscles, the tissues. The, the foot was made completely perfect. We put the baby down. He ran around that church and would not stop, and the place went wild. Amen? You were there. Hallelujah. Another time, um, we were invited to a Baptist church in Dallas. Now, they kept saying they wanted us to come, but when we got there, we're sitting on the front row, the pastor kept saying, Lord, only you, Lord, only you, Holy Spirit, not Dan and Ann. And we're, I'm saying to myself, well, of course, only you, Lord, not Dan and Ann. What are you talking? And on and on. I kept saying to my husband, would you go up, get the mic away from him? I can't take another minute of this. He's more polite than me. When it comes to God, sometimes I am not polite. I'm like, I, he keeps going. I, I'm saying to myself, who does he think's going to preach? Who does he think's going to talk? It's not the Dan and Ann show. Of course, only you, Lord. <laughs> right, honey? Is it the Dan and Ann show? It's only you, Lord. Well, he didn't believe in the Holy Ghost like we did, and, and we knew that. And he didn't believe in miracles, and he didn't believe a lot of things. Well, Pastor Dan preached, and they went wild and loved it. Then I get up and say, okay, you know, Jesus is the healer. They're all just looking at me. I said, you know, is there anybody here that needs healing in their body? I'm going to pray for you, and you'll be healed. Oh, yeah, you, you just push people down. Oh, yeah, right, it's not real. There's no such thing as miracles. And they're going on and on like that. But, oh, I go, well, I'm telling you that I know Jesus is the healer. Does anybody need healing? And, you know, just, we'll wait. I'm waiting a while. Finally, of course, the worst-case scenario, woman comes up. She has one beautiful green eye, and she has one eye that's not an eye. It's an uncreated eye. You may have seen people that are blind. It's got no pupil. It has no iris. It's white glob with gray, nothing. She's like, I'm blind. I can't see in this eye, and she's crying. I said, okay, well, Jesus gives sight. She had her eyes closed. I go, Jesus gives sight to the blind. He opens up the blind eyes so that they can see. Jesus gives sight to the blind. He opens the blind eyes so that they can see. Jesus gives sight to the blind. He opens the blind eyes so that they can see. God says to me, tell her to open her eyes. I go, honey, open your eyes. Jesus gives sight to the blind. He opens the blind eyes so that they can see. Jesus gives sight to the blind. 
He opens the blind eyes so that they can see. Jesus gives sight to the blind. He opens the blind eyes so that they can see. And with that, right before my eyes, and I did take a step back, I will tell you, she got a new eye. And everybody went, whoa! And needless to say, I said, can you see? I said, close your other eye. She could see everything. She had a growth on her foot. I just touched it. It disappeared. The whole church came up for prayer. The whole church came up. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jesus is the healer. Amen? A few more. You want to hear a few more? Okay. I had another man who was blind. Came to the Marriott Financial Center when we didn't have that, our building in Tribeca. And he was an Italian man with Italian wife, young in their 40s. And he had the uh, blind cane. And he had his eyes open. And you could see the eyes were all over the place. He was blind. You know, um, if you ever saw um, Stevie Wonder, similar, has the same thing. So he came in, and my heart went out to him, you know. And he sat in the front row, and I'll never forget it. Came up for prayer. I laid hands on him, prayed over him, believed God. He then went back and sat down. Nothing. So uh, laid hands on a bunch of other people. I had a man that had a tumor, went to the hospital, and he said, you're not operating on me. They're like, we have to take part of your stomach out. Leonard Rochester was his name. He's like, no, I went to a healing service yesterday, and I'm healed. He said, listen, Leonard, I'm a doctor. I love you, but I've been helping you for, for, for months and months. I know what I'm talking about. You have this gigantic cancerous tumor. I have to take part of your stomach out. No, you're not doing it. The daughter got mad and said, Dad, let him do what he has to do. No, take some more tests. He goes, we've been through this, Leonard. All right, I'll do this for you. They go, take tests, come back. The specialist said, Leonard, in 25 years of me doing surgery, I have never seen anything like this, the gigantic tumor. That was there last week. is totally gone. Gone. He got saved. The daughter got saved. Everybody got saved. Hallelujah. At that healing service, okay? Anyway, now we'll fast forward. A year later, in comes the same blind man. We're at our, our place now in Tribeca. And he comes with his wife, and I see him. I go, oh, no, he didn't get healed. It makes me so mad and so sad. Sat in the front row. I preached, did my thing. He comes up online, and I pray over him, you know, like I do. And sometimes I'll have a word, and sometimes I won't. Well, I had a word for him, and I said, even now, as you leave this place, your sight will start to be manifested little by little, and you will see. And the wife's kind of laughing, which is okay. It doesn't bother me. And he sits back down, and then the service is over, and I see them walk down the aisle, and he stops. And I, and I remembered what I had said. Sometimes I don't remember what I say. It's just from God. And I, and I thought, oh, he's going to come back and tell me he's starting to see. He stopped, he hesitated, and then he kept going. I'm like, oh, well, okay. So... About two months later, a friend of ours that's been in our church forever, Nancy Parente, calls me up and says, Pastor Annie, I got I to tell you something. Carol Della Rosa called me. She's a life coach. She just called me, and she just told me the most unbelievable story. I said, what? She said she had a woman that came to her for life coaching. And this woman said, you know, I know you're religious, Carol, and you're like born again and all that stuff. By any chance... Would you know that little Italian healing pastor, Annie? 
I didn't know I was called an Italian. I didn't know that. I was like, okay. And she's like, yes, I do know, Pastor Annie. Why? She goes, could you tell us she was right? My husband sees completely perfect now. He's not blind anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me? I had to hear it through the grapevine. But at least I found out. Hallelujah. I was thrilled. Glory to God. Two more. Two more. You re- Can I tell two more? Okay. Am I boring you guys? Oh. All right. So we had the most wonderful children's church leader, Kathy DiMaggio, and her husband that were working for our ministry. They were there for years and years. You know, after a while, you know, she got tired. Whatever it was, falling, of, falling away, they left the church. We were sad. They were like family to us, but it's okay. Find out a few years later, through the grapevine, because I do not go on Facebook, from Guy Dom, do you know that Kathy DiMaggio is in the hospital? She's been in the hospital for a month. She's in a coma. She, if she comes out of the coma, she has seizures where she almost has heart attacks, and she's never conscious. She's in a comatose state. I'm like, what are you talking about? I go to my husband. I said, we're going there tomorrow. We have to church on Sunday. I'm going to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. Haven't seen her in about, what was it, four or five years. I didn't care. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, I'm going. I love her. Go to the hospital. Out comes Steve, crying. Oh, my God. Pastor Annie, I said, Steve, I would have come sooner. I didn't even know. He goes, you didn't know? I go, no, of course not. He's like, well, she had a seizure at my daughter's wedding. Never came out of it. In a coma. They said, when you go in there, you're going to see her skull is open. They had opened... They had opened up her skull, and they have wires in her skull, and um, now they're telling me she's having kidney failure. So I go in there. Pastor Jan's with me. She's the color of cement, literally cement. And um, her head was open. There were tubes in there. The nurse says, she's having kidney failure now. I said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I get on the bed. I start praying over her in the name of Jesus. You seizures, I rebuke you, seizures. I rebuke you. Brain, you will operate perfectly. Kidneys, you will operate perfectly. Every organ, every tissue, every muscle, every cell, every fiber of your body will operate in perfection in the name of Jesus. I speak life, life, life to you. No death, life, life in the name of Jesus. And I go on and on and do my thing. Little by little, her coloring comes. And she's getting pink and rosy. And the nurse goes, oh, my goodness. Look at her coloring. I'm like, amen. Oh, my goodness. Look at, they're reading all of the, um, the machines. They're like, oh, my goodness, look. Look, she looks, oh, my word, look. I'm like, amen. I go, I want you to know. I go, Steve, listen to me. By the end of the week, this was Sunday. I said, by the end of the week, Kathy will be sitting up speaking. I said, she will not be able to walk. I said, she will be taking baby steps. I said she will not, it was October. I said she will not be coming home for Thanksgiving, but she'll be home for Christmas. And she will be walking and talking, and she will be ministering and preaching the gospel, and she will be good as new. And Pastor Dan goes, and she'll have testimonies that will have so many people come to the Lord, because God's not done with her yet. And so Steve says to me, from your mouth to God's ears, I believe you, Pastor Dan. He goes, listen, we don't let anyone speak doubt or unbelief. They were really taught the word. They really knew the word. We won't let anyone speak doubt or unbelief. We only speak the word of God over her. I believe you. So we go home. This is Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday rolls around and Pastor Dan says to me, I just got a text 
from Steve that says, call the hospital. Now, call the hospital could mean anything. I'm like, that's it? Please have Pastor Annie call Kathy's room. I'm like, that's all we're getting? I mean, I wanted it to be good, but you don't know. So I call, and I, her sister answers, Pastor Annie, Pastor Annie. Kathy sat up today, pulled all the tubes out of her mouth, and started to say, where is Pastor Annie? Those were her first words. Where is Pastor Annie? I go, are you kidding me? Praise God, I knew it. I said, let me talk to her. She said, you can't. She's in an oxygen tent. I said, yes, I can. Get the phone in the oxygen tent. So they put the phone in the oxygen tent, and she's like, Pastor Annie, I remember your phone number. She said, my phone number to me. I wanted them to call you. I said, Kathy, you're healed by the blood of Jesus. I said, I'm coming to see you. I go the next day, and I'm telling you, you're going to take baby steps. I go through everything. She goes, I want you to know I was dead. I was in heaven, and I was stepping into this beautiful room, and I saw all my relatives, Aunt Rose, who I knew, my mother, I knew her mother, cousin, her cousin Vincent. She's like, and nobody was happy to see me. And I felt wonderful. It was awesome. And I, and I kind of kept stepping closer to go into that room. But then I kept feeling that I was being pulled. And I knew I was in heaven. I was pulled. And I turn around, and I see you in heaven calling me to come back. And I see Pastor Dan standing behind you. So don't tell me your prayers don't go up to heaven. You know, it says in the word that your prayers are heard in heaven. Amen? She was home by Christmas, walking, talking. She came and testified at our church. She was brain dead. You get it? Healed by the blood of Jesus. All right. I have many of those kind of stories. I only can pick and choose my favorites. And here's one more favorite, and then we'll be done with that. Uh, We went uh, to eat after church one Sunday at an outdoor cafe called the Blue Moon Cafe. And we wanted to eat outside. So we waited politely to eat outside. My daughter was with us. Guy Dom was with us. You and me, Pastor Dan. And they're like, we're really sorry. And they knew us. They're like, we're really, really sorry. But these people are taking awfully long. They gave their, us their check. But we're like, we, we, we can wait. You know, let's be on God's schedule. You know, a lot of times you think, I got to do this. I got to get there. I got, why are they taking so long? God sometimes has a plan if we just wait on him and not get so frustrated. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll just hang out and wait. We waited, we waited, we waited, we waited. They're still not leaving. They're like, we're really sorry. But they, no one seems to be giving up their tables. We're like, all right. Like, do you mind eating inside? We're like, we really don't want to. I mean, I'm truthful, but we will. We go inside. We sit down. The minute we sit down, my daughter starts crying. <gasps> I don't want to eat here. I, we can't sit inside. Now, my daughter is not a crybaby. Never. Not spoiled, nothing. I'm like, honey, she goes, it, I just got a feeling. It was the Holy Ghost. It's just something, Mama. Mama, just something. We, she's a surgeon now. Holy Ghost, born again, believing, operating doctor. But... Then she was like nine years old. She goes, Mama, we just can't sit here. I'm like, all right. You got something in your spirit. We'll wait. We go. I tell the lady. We go back outside. I go, I'm so sorry. Do you mind? She goes, they still didn't leave. We're like, no problem. Another 20 minutes go by. Now, somebody else said, that's it. I'm leaving. We'll go eat somewhere else. We waited. Soon as 
we sit down, I get the menu, I see this girl, heavyset blonde girl, coming out from the restaurant. She's clutching her throat. <gasps> she's sweating profusely. She looks like she's either having a heart attack or a stroke. And I say to my husband, oh, my goodness. He goes, you know, far be it for me to stop you. Go. So I go, and I go, what's wrong? She's leaning on the, um, you know, the parking meter. I don't know. She had an accent. I don't know. Something is not right. I don't. And she's grasping her chest like she's having a heart attack. So I start praying for her. In the name of Jesus, you're healed by the blood of Jesus. Sweating, you're healed by the blood of Jesus. Next thing I know, she collapsed dead on the ground. I couldn't even catch her if I tried. Her bowels let go. She's gone. Now, everybody, because there's a bunch of cafes, are ah, screaming, oh, my God, ah, everybody's having a fit. I say to Pastor Dan, help me, because I could not pick her up. Her bowels had let go. He takes her, puts her on the sidewalk, so now I start praying over her. (coughs) Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You spirit of death, you take your hands off of her. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I speak life, life. Life to you in the name of Jesus. Lahayim. In the name of Jesus, that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead has quickened and made alive your body. Nothing. Nothing's happening. I'm doing this for about five, ten minutes. I'm not stopping. Now comes the police. The police come. They take this gold, this, that yellow tape caution. They put it all around. Everybody back up. Everybody back up. They didn't tell me to back up. They didn't tell me to leave nothing. That always happens. They never tell me to leave. Everybody else backed up. I'm invisible. Amen. So I keep doing my thing. I keep doing my thing, and they're doing whatever they're doing, or, you know, what do you, what do you call it? CPR, all sorts of stuff. She's dead. She's dead. She's gone. Okay, I just keep praying. I just keep praying in the name of Jesus. Another five minutes go by. Now comes a paramedic truck, not an ambulance, a paramedic truck. They come, they're doing all sorts of things, da, 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 da. She's dead, she's dead, she's dead. I'm like, no. In the name of Jesus, you spirit of death, you take your hands off her. I speak life. I speak life over you. Lahayim, Lahayim, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has quickened and made alive your body. Satan, I bind you. You take your hands off of her. And I'm, I'm doing my thing. Now, another 15 minutes. Now here comes the um, ambulance. They come. And they do a bunch of things, and they say, they put the, um, to her blood pressure, and they go, <laughs> they're like, like what, what are we doing? She doesn't have a pulse. She has no blood pressure. She's dead. You know, what, what are we all doing? I go, no, 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 no. In the name of Jesus, I speak life to you in Jesus' name. With that, she went, and she sits up. Everybody goes, ah! <laughs> Paramedics, everybody. I went this way, the crowd dispersed, amen? Oh, no, oh, what's going on? This can't be. She's like, I, I want you. I only want you. She was clinging to me. She said, I saw myself. I was dead. Why, why? And I guarantee she couldn't really explain it to me, but there was spiritual warfare going on. Spiritual warfare for her. Oh, my gosh, why you help me? I said, Jesus knew I'd be here. Jesus knew that I would be here to help you. They wanted her to go to the hospital. I said, were you drinking? No. Do you do drugs? No. She's like, no. They're like, all right, well, we can't figure it out because you were dead. 
So I said to her, found out her name was Claudia Rezing. I said, go with them to the hospital. She told me she was a nanny. And I think she said in Tenafly, no, in Bergenfield. But I didn't get her phone number, nothing. I said, sweetheart, God loves you. You're healed. You're alive. God knew I would be here. Off Claudia Rezing goes. They're all going to me. Everyone's cheering. It's a miracle. God sent you. It's a miracle. Oh, my gosh, what a miracle. I'm like, amen, it is a miracle. So I sit down to um, open the menu, and I start crying. I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for using me. And I I just want to say this. You know, God wants to use all of us. But don't let sin or the weights that are trying to hold you back keep you from letting God use you in every instance. It's so, so vitally important. You know, I, I, at any moment, this is me, at any moment of any time, I know, I could, okay, what do you need? Uh, I could be at the airport, I could be, it doesn't matter. Yeah, God, because my heart doesn't condemn me. Yeah, you can use me, I'm ready to go. And, and, I, and I thank God that he trusts me. But he wants signs and wonders to follow every believer. Amen. So, Claudia Rezing, raised from the dead. I've had, I have had a few others as well. I'm not going to get into that. Great, miraculous stories. But we ate. Then I went to Starbucks. And the paramedics and the police were in Starbucks about an hour later. They go, uh, you, come here. I'm like, what, me? They go, yeah, you. They go, you know she was dead. I go, yeah. They go, no, you, you're not understanding me. She was dead. I go, they go, she was dead for like over 20 minutes, more. I go, yeah, I know she was dead. They go, what happened? I go, Jesus said greater things would believers do because he goes to the Father. Jesus said believers would lay hands on the sick, they would recover, the dead would be raised. They're like, yeah, but she was dead. I go, yeah, I know she was dead, but now she's alive because Jesus is the miracle worker and he uses us. They're like, okay, we believe you, amen? And I have to tell you, literally... We would walk in that town, and people would stop us. Because, like, Jesus' fame went throughout all of Syria. It was all over the place what had happened. But it was a miracle, and Jesus gets the credit. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I, I went to the church, and I was so excited the next week talking about it. And I'm like, I wish I had gotten her phone number. But it was just, it was just the coincidence, no time. We go to Starbucks. We're on our way walking on Palisade Avenue to go to Starbucks. And this girl stops me and goes, it is you. It is you. And I go, it is me. I go, who are you? She goes, you. You raised Claudia. Claudia was dead. It was you. I go, you know Claudia? She goes, yes. She's at Starbucks. She has been here every day since that day looking for you. I go, are you kidding me? Where is she? We run to Starbucks. There she is at Starbucks. I sit down. I go, do you see how God answers prayer? Here I am. We start talking. She tells me she's from Germany. Her visa was up that day. She was leaving the next morning for Germany, never to come back. God worked it out. I got her a church from Kenneth Copeland Ministries in Germany, got her books and tapes, and she had her testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are, Jesus wants you well. One last scripture, and then I will lay hands on you, and you will be healed in the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Everybody knows this. 
These are Jesus' last words spoken after the resurrection. And he spoke to over 500 people. He said unto them, go ye into all the world, which means your place of influence, wherever you are right now is your world. You don't have to get on a boat to China. Wherever you are is your world. And preach the gospel. Preach means proclaim and demonstrate. That's what preach means to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Why are they damned? Because they're still under the curse. You can't be redeemed from the curse unless you receive Jesus. Amen? Once they receive Jesus, hello, they'll be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Believers, in my name, said Yeshua, Jesus, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And let me add, you might not want to hear this. If you take the vaccination, it shall not harm you. Hello? Hallelujah. Take it in the name of Jesus. That's all I got to say. They shall lay hands on the sick. Believers shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father, which is the covenant giving hand. There's a reason that word's in there, the right hand. And they went forth, who? Believers, preaching everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I spoke the word. The Lord's going to work with me, confirming the word I spoke with signs following. Now, before I lay hands on you, it's so important for you to be healed, but it's so much more important for you to spend eternity with the Lord. So let's all bow our heads. And if you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been here for a while, maybe you've gotten away from the Lord. I was 21 years old. I loved Jesus, but I prayed that prayer, and something happened. So let's all pray this together so that we know we'll all be together in eternity. Just repeat after me. Jesus, Yeshua, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you've been raised from the dead. I believe you're the Savior of the world. Jesus, Yeshua, come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. Every head bowed, eyes closed. If there's anyone here or maybe you're online on the internet, just let us know. Raise your hand. Anybody for the first time or has gotten away from the Lord, just let me see that hand.